Hello and welcome to the Spirit Guide Society podcast. My name is Pedro Shanahan and I'm your spirit guide. Tonight in the Whiskey Society at Seven Grand, we had our first repeat guest on this podcast. What? Well, only because it's Simon Brooking from Lafroig. It was serious. We had to do it. We had to do it twice. It was so good. We we were tasting through the Akatoshan, the Glengarry. We tried some Bullmore 26, which made my toes curl. It was so delicious. And then, of course, my daily drinker, Lafroig Karchis. Oh, I wish. Please enjoy this podcast responsibly. Tell your friends who want to learn more about booze and subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. What? Spirit Guide Society on YouTube? Yeah, it's hilarious. Much better than just like 45 minutes ago. I don't know what happened. It's, it's called it's called doers. It's it's the doers. It helps us clap. It helps. Now we're we're in the room here. We got it. We got a little rhythm happening. Welcome to the Whiskey Society, everyone. For those who are true hardcore whiskey fans, this is your fourth Whiskey Society this week. If you're also into rum and mezcal, that means you've been to six tastings this week. I only know this because That's Stephanie told me, because I'm so drunk right now, I even know where I am. No, I'm, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. But I am lucky to have Stephanie remind me where I'm supposed to be at least. Um, yeah. Super hard work. It's true, like we, we do this with a, a lot of love. Uh, all the tastings that we do here, we, we don't, we're not obligated to do six tastings a week. We do it because we love you guys. We love holding space for a community forum, having all of you guys here, being able to share opinions and all that. It's, it's, it's really important to us. And it's a lot of work, but we love it. And thank you guys for being here. Uh, but you definitely have to give a hats off to all of the Bar Jackalope staff. Who's But uh, Whiskey Extravaganza is in town this week, which means there are a lot of brand ambassadors in, in different venues all over town educating and tasting people on different spirits. And uh, we found out that Simon was going to be in town and uh, we managed to schedule him in. We ended up having to do a double tasting tonight back to back, so we had to flip the room and, and, and move quickly and with urgency. But ladies and gentlemen, we have Mr. Simon Brooking in the house tonight. And Simon, Simon's definitely a big deal in the whiskey world, like probably most famously the Laphroaig ambassador, someone who's turned more people on to Laphroaig than probably anyone else in the world, at least in the modern era. Tell that to my boss. Please. I will, I'm saying it. So we're, it's going on the podcast and you're gonna have to play it for him or her. Um, but you also, you've got like the whole portfolio now that you're, you're bringing to us tonight. Can you explain like where do these all fit in the whiskey world? We've got Beaumont, we've got Glengarry, we've got the Akatoshan and Lafroig. What is what is the overall uh, you know mother company that's bringing all these whiskeys to market? Well, now it's Beam Suntory. I think it's interesting. I've been doing this for 22 years now, um, and I first started with Dewars, um, and uh, in, in New York, and then I went to uh, uh, Diageo, Johnny Walker, and the Classic Malts for six years. 
And then after that, uh, um, I went to just one distillery, Dalmore, um, and learned quite a few things, an amazing little distillery. Uh, and Richard Patterson, who's one of the best in the business. They call him the nose. The, the nose, the nose nose. Uh, and then uh, Jim Beam uh, purchased Lafroig and Ardmore as part of uh, uh, the uh, Allied de Mech purchase. Uh, so I took on Lafroig and Ardmore and uh, um, I've been very happy with those two brands for a few years until uh, Suntory purchased the Beam, the Beam company for $16 billion uh, three and a half years ago. It was a bargain! Yeah. <laughs> and with it came Beaumore, Auchentoshan, and Glengarry. So uh, we are showing uh, most of the... the uh, the Morrison Beaumore uh, range here this evening, which is really exciting because uh, uh, they're, they're, for me, um, we're, we're going to be in the lowlands, we're going to be the highlands, but we're also going out to Isla as well. Uh, and I know for some, uh, the Isla whiskeys can be a bit more challenging, but we like to say there's an Isla for everyone. Yeah. And so we've got a couple that we, uh, we think you might enjoy this evening. But first, we're going to start off in the lowlands this evening. So, Akatasha. Now, this distillery is located just outside of Glasgow. Right. And Akatasha means like uh, something about the corner field. It's, it's the corner it? of the field. When you look at the distillery's names, uh, the Gaelic will tell you exactly where the boys were hiding the stills. <laughs> In the corner, In the of, corner the of the field. field <laughs> or uh, Glengarry is the valley of the granary, but Bomor means the big rock, the big, the big reef, and Lafroig, the hollow by the bay. So there was no GPS or ways back then. You needed to know how to find the distillery. And the name of the distillery gave you clues on how to get to where the stills were producing this fine spirit. Okatosh uh, in the corner of the field. Uh, this is uh, a distillery just outside Glasgow as you're heading up uh, uh, just before the Erskine Bridge. Uh, it's really kind of the gateway to the Highlands. And in some ways, this whiskey is a gateway to the Highlands, the gateway to Scotland. Um, and so I thought I'd bring you something a little special tonight. This is a 21-year Auchentoshan. Um, wow, we're we really get to, uh, Woo! And we're just going to go higher and higher. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so uh, with Auchentoshan, because of the lowland style is very light, we get to really influence flavors with the wood. Um, and uh, this is a second fill sherry the whole time uh, uh, for 21 years. So the nose on this is, is, is really, for me, I'm getting more of that sherry influence compared to say, for those of you who know Auchentoshan, that you've, we've got the American oak, we've got the 12 year, where it tends to be, you're, obviously you're getting more of the vanillins, the caramel from the bourbon casks with, with those bourbon cast Auchentoshans. But uh, Auchentoshan, the three wood, one bourbon and two sherry casks. That's where uh, I, I think uh, that's a, a, a great place for Akatoshan to play in those, those sherry casks. Uh, and, and particularly at 21 years, second fill, we're getting not as much of the sherry. If it was a first fill, first of all, that would be almost black uh, in terms of the color. But that second fill sherry, we're also getting distillery character as well. So the distillery at Akatoshan, they've got very unique stills. So unlike a lot of the distillers in Scotland, this is kind of um, what two and three quarters distilled as opposed uh, to well, how no, would we, you describe we, it? we fully distill, we three fully times. triple distill. There are some other distilleries that that do two and a half or 
you know, Springbank with some of their expressions, they're doing a, they're doing a, a, a two and a half, almost triple distillation as well. But we distill every, triple distill every drop uh, at, uh, at Ockentoshin. And what that does for us, uh, all the other distillers in Scotland will double distill and that will bring it off the stills at about 69 to 71% ABV. Um, what we do at uh, Ockentoshin is the second distillation is going to be around 55 to 61. Uh, and, and that's what we call our intermediate uh, still. And then we send it on to our final spirit still, which is going to uh, pull it up to about 81% ABV in terms of strength. And what that does for us is it pulls more out of the wood. Okay. Just think about the higher strength, the higher the strength of the alcohol. Alcohol, what is it going to do? It's going to break down the wood. And, and, and that's maturation. Um, and at a higher strength, it's going to break it down faster. So mm -hmm. you're going to get more of the influ influence of the wood faster at that higher strength. It's not going into the casks at 80 at 81. That's far too strong. That, would, that wouldn't be whiskey. No, it wouldn't. Um, but, uh, uh, but it really pulls more out. You're going to get more of the influence of the wood. Uh, and, uh, uh, and that beautiful lowland style, there's, a, there's a, a dry quality because of the calcium carbonate, the chalk in the water in the lowlands. Mm -hmm. So that's dry. Add it on top of the, the second fill sherry cask, which is going to give you a dryness as well. Um, but the fruit on top of that, those, those fruit notes. So a lot of times they call the whiskeys from the lowlands the lovely ladies of the lowlands, like easy sippers, essentially a, a great entryway into the world of, of single malt scotches. This is also blended by Rachel Barry, right? This is a Rachel Barry uh, uh, marriage yeah, blend. So yes. one of the most famous blenders in the world. She, they, she is like kind of the heir to the nose. She she was the Morrison uh, Beaumont uh, master blender. She at has since time, since moved on. Right. But yes. But at the time of the, this, at the time was of this, this is this a Rachel a Barry, Rachel Barry uh, blend, uh, which uh, I I think you know some of the. We, we talked about Richard Patterson, but uh, some of the best noses in the business are are women because you certainly you have much better taste than we do, um, and a sense of and the olfactory as well, a much uh, more keen sense of flavors and smells, uh, and so it's great that Rachel uh, is at the forefront today, and we have more younger blenders coming in in the industry as well as well as uh, uh, master distillers. So it's it's great to see the influence. Uh, we've long had uh, a, whim, a woman's influence uh, with many of the distilleries. Well, Dewar is uh, now the master blender there. It's Stephanie, she's right. And we had uh, we had Bessie Williamson at Lafroig in the 1960s. So I mean, super cool. Uh, yeah, super cool. So let's all stick our nose in the glass here with this. The 21 year old. Wow. Stick your nose in that glass, breathe in gently through your mouth. What comes to mind? This is a 21-year-old single malt from the lowlands. What does, it, what does that mean to you in terms of flavor profile? What are you reminded of as you smell this whiskey? Cherry. Cherries, Cherry, coffee, coffee. coffee. What else? What else? There's no wrong answers. Everyone has experienced it. It's, it's all specific to your own life. So there's leather, hickory, caramel. Do we have a toast? Let's have a Let's toast, toast. All right, all right. So here we go. Here's for the... But there's no foe like fear and no friend like cheer and sunshine will flash at our call. So let's crown love king and let us all sing. It's a mighty good world after all. Oh, that was a good one. I love that one. Cheers. Cheers. Thank you, Simon.
That's a Canadian from the Yukon by the name of Robert Service. I just, I take him from everywhere, the, the toast, but it just seemed rather apropos for an evening like this to start us off. So what are you guys getting as you tap that over your tongue? Very complex. I'm getting like milk, chocolate, dark chocolate, dark cacao, chocolate. A, a high percent cacao, a dryness to it. What else? What else are you guys getting back there? Dark grapes, chocolate, apricot, dried apricot. Nice, Maria. Dave, what are you getting? All right, Miss Weird, are you ready? Bring the weird. Go for it. Bring it on. It's like simultaneously like the Fuji apple, uh -huh. but also like a Bordeaux chocolate. Ooh, Bordeaux chocolate. She's good. She's good. <laughs> we have a running theme with Bordeaux. It comes up later tonight. So. All right, she's on it. She's on it. Anybody trying oh, no. this with water, okay. with a little bit of water in it? No. You have carafes yes. of water on your table, so if you do add water, be very careful. One drop is all you need, and it'll, yeah. it'll drastically change. When you only have a tiny little sample, then one drop is all you need. And this is also, for, it's 43%. So, I mean, I think that's why we have to be careful, to your point, uh, with water at this, because at a certain point, it doesn't become dilution. You know, when we're nosing the casks in the warehouses, uh, when it comes to actually tasting the whiskey, we'll add water and bring it down to 20% alcohol. 20%. That's a lot. A lot more than folks realize. But you find the depth of the spirit that way. You find all these other flavors. But, I mean, yes, you want to maybe do it a drop, or a drop at a time to, to find at what point does it become the tipping point for you in that mm. taste experience. And in my experience in Scotland, a lot of times you'll, you'll see people in the bar and they have like a little pitcher of water right there on the bar top. And they put a lot of water on top of their whiskey to really yeah. open it up dramatically. Like, yeah. like it's almost like refreshing at that point. It's, like, it's mostly water a lot of the times. Yeah, well, uh, and you're rehydrating. You can drink more. You can <laughs> drink longer into the night that way. What do you guys think of this 21-year-old? Brilliant, yeah? Right on. So uh, the 21-year-old, if I was going to buy this at the liquor store, do you know how much it runs? Edwin? Edwin. Uh, let's see. One seventy for a twenty-one-year-old single malt scotch, not bad at all. And if you really want to nerd out at your home bar, you want to have all the regions of Scotland. So you need a rep from the Lowlands, Akintosh, and yep. we should have there for sure. Yep. So we're now we're gonna head we're gonna head north now and north northeast. Okay. Uh, we're gonna head up to Aberdeenshire. Thank you very much. Uh, and the little town of Glen, uh, Old Meldrum where we find the Glen, and I'm going to spell it and see if G-A-R-I-O-C-H. What, what does it spell? Garyosh. Garyosh. Perfect. <laughs> you get it. I was born and raised in Scotland. <laughs> Spoken like a true American. And it's pronounced just the way Michael does. No, no. It's Glen Geary. Of course. G-A-R-I-O-C-H. And it means the Valley of the Granary. And so if, if you go to Old Meldrum, it's a tiny little town, and the town is built around the distillery. There's still row houses connected to the original distillery building, which is very common in Scotland. A lot of these small towns you go to, the church always likes to claim that they were the one, they were like the center of town, but the actuality of it is a lot of civilization came up around distilleries. And, and you see the, the old photos from Old Meldrum, and the work that was done around Glengarry, it, it, it's all about the farming. It's all about the harvesting of, of, of the hay. It's the harvesting of the barley. Um, uh, it's, a, it's a very rich 
uh, cultural farming region. It's where most of the barley in Scotland will come from, is from the northeastern region, from the Aberdeenshire. Um, and uh, Old Meldrum, it's a little bit of a ridge that uh, sits up over the, um, uh, looking out over the hills. Um, and so Glengarry is one of the oldest licensed distilleries in Scotland at 1799. It is the smallest distillery of our portfolio, of the Beam Suntory portfolio, of uh, Auchentoshan, Glengarry, Ardmore, uh, Beaumore, and Laphroaig. Uh, we produce about 750,000 uh, liters of spirit a year. Um, and that's compared to, say, uh, Beaumore, which does about 2.2 million. Laphroaig does about 3.3 uh, million. And those are medium-sized distilleries compared to, say, your Glen Levis or Glen Fittics, they're producing about 12 times more what they're, uh, what they're, what what we're doing. A beautiful tiny distillery. And, and Kenny, what's his last name? The the distillery manager there. Uh, Kenny Kenny Grant. Kenny Grant. Like, Digger. 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 That's what yeah. you call him. Well, so the story of Glengarry <laughs> is a story of water. Uh, now every distillery has its own water source, and we always rely uh, that they rely on. Uh, from year to year. So if you come to Scotland and it's raining, that's great. It's just whiskey waiting to be made, okay? Um, because, uh, and historically, the distillers would shut down in the summer for, for silent season because there wasn't enough water to make whiskey. So Glengarry has long had a history of, of challenges in terms of the water source for them. So in the 1970, uh, Kenny's dad, Kenny, um, it, they they ran out of water, so he employed a local um, uh, water witch, a diviner. Uh, to, oh, yeah, Kenny told me the story. Yeah. That's right. So with a water witch, they were able to then source their next uh, their, their their next spring, um, which lasts. So I mean, they're very old traditions, and they they are farmers. It comes from a farming community that rely uh, on very old old traditions. Um, and so um, that lasted about 25 years. We ran out again. And it just happened to be about the same time when they shut down and then Beam Suntory, uh, Suntory purchased um, the uh, Morrison Beaumore uh, brands. And so they went from peated Highland barley to unpeated Highland barley. So any of the Glengarry's that you get post-1996 are unpeated barley. So there's a Founders Reserve, there is the 12-year, there is what's called the Renaissance, there's a couple of those that are out now, there's a 15-year. Uh, but what we thought we would do for you this evening uh, is bring you some pre-1996 that still has used peated barley. This is a 17-year Glengarry. Um, so so if you keep an eye out for them, because if, well, this is just a, a fabulous dram. I, I'm really very excited. Yeah, I, I think the Glengarry to me is like one of the most underrated single malts in the world. It's like a secret whiskey that nobody knows about. The vintages to me, the 94, the 98, those were like some of the best whiskey out on the market and barely anyone seem to know about them. Like. Yeah. Well, it, it's just, and you know, within the industry, you've got, I mean, we, we are here in this kind of pantheon of, of spirit world, and um, there, are, there are great whiskeys out there that are underserved, 
um, and in some ways we it's kind of nice to have them that way <laughs> but but then you think about the people at the distillery you want them to be thriving and doing well um, and um, Glengarry keeps keeps producing and does really well um, you know McClellan's McClellan's whiskey it's a blend no well there's different regions right there's Isla there is the Highlands Glengarry is in the McClellan's. The majority of what's in the McClellan's is Glengarry. Uh -huh. So um, so keep that in mind. You know, Give that bottle a try. Uh, certainly for the price, it's worth checking it out. Do a side-by-side -side with the Glengarry and McClellan's Highland. You'll so, find sim similarities. So stick your nose in that glass. And, and what are you experiencing, guys? What are you reminded of? It could be a food. It could be a, a color. It could be a place. What? Custard. Custard, yeah, big custard. Chicken bouillon. Wow. Cheddar popcorn. Wow. What else? What else? What are you guys getting? Agricole. Agricole. Wow. That's a, a, a cane juice based rum. So you get a lot of grassiness from agricole rums. All right. So let's have a toast. Here's to the Highlands. Here we go. My heart's in the Highlands. My heart is not here. My heart's in the Heelands, a-chasing the deer, a-chasing the wild deer, a-following the roe. My heart's in the Heelands, wherever I go. To the Heelands! Salam Javah. Yes, yes. Josh, I'm sorry your nose isn't working tonight. You're, you're toughing it out. You're toughing it out. The whiskey will help this'll, take care of that. This'll help. It's a tonic, it's... Mm. That's what I was saying, I love... It's exquisite. It's a great whiskey. So what are you guys getting as you tap it over your tongue? So your nose might lead you in one direction, your tongue might tell you something else. Let yourself be surprised. Michael, what are you getting? Brown butter. Brown butter. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Caramel popcorn. Tons of salinity. Oh, wow. That so, is so in terms of the peat, the smoke for this, it's going to be about 12 to 15 parts per million, which uh, is about the same as, uh, as an Ardmore, uh, which is about the same as a Connemara, um, you know, compared to our next one, which we're moving up the scale to about 22 parts per million with Beaumont. But it's that Highland peat. And the Highland peat is more decomposed pine trees. Oh, that's Whereas Isla peat is more decomposed seaweed. So it's like the difference between sitting around a bonfire on the beach for Isla versus sitting around a campfire forest in the forest. Mm -hmm. So that's more of that Highland peat influence. So are you buying the grains from different malting houses then? So like, are you guys getting the stuff for Beaumont and Lafroig? Is that coming from like Port Ellen malting house? And then there's a different malting house for the Highlands? Oh, well, the, I, yeah, all, all of the Isla maltings are happening on Isla. Okay. Um, the, the yeah, the Highlands are going to be peed, uh, are going to be malting uh, up in the Highlands. Do you know which? What's the name of the malting well, house? Uh, Bairds. Bairds. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And they they will do custom peening for you there. Yes. Like you can I mean, tell. The advantage you, we have floor maltings for the next two whiskeys we'll be tasting. Uh, it's it's not very efficient. No. But um, but it produces a particular style spirit, um, whereas industrial maltings, which are uh, look like front-loading washing machines about three stories high. The barley goes in, the water goes in, it very slowly starts the growth. 
and, and lets it grow. And then they'll pull out the, the moisture, they'll dry it, and then they're able to dry it to the specifications of each of the distilleries, uh, the, the phenols and, and the type of peat that they're going to use. And um, it's not very romantic, but it's much more efficient. Um, well, I went to Glengarry, and, and Kenny Grant showed us around the old barn where they would do the old floor maltings. So to understand how they smoke the grain, think of a barn in which you have a second floor where the floor is essentially a big metal screen. Same kind of screen that you might have on your windows, but it's strong enough that it would support the weight of workers, obviously. They take that grain after it's been wetted and it starts to sprout, they spread it out over that screen, and then they've got this big kiln on the ground floor that's creating all this smoke to then dry the grain. So it's like a big smokehouse for malt. And they used to do it on premise. And now, of course, it's got its fault. The old malting house is all, it's more like a relic. It's not it something is, they yeah, use it's anymore. It's not functional. But that's essentially still how they, they smoke malts is, is with a big, when they say floor malting, that's what they mean. It's like it's a big screen floor that you can, that smoke will pass through in order to dry the grain to stop the malting process, but also to impart the flavors of the peat into the malted barley. Yeah, and as we move into the next two whiskeys, uh, we'll do at, at these distilleries about 15 to 18 hours over the peat fires. Now, the difference between the kilns between Laphroaig and Beaumore is uh, Laphroaig uh, has two kilns. They have one, they call it the shore kiln, because it's next to the shore. And then the other one is called the road kiln, and it's road kiln, not road kiln. Uh, There's no so they've road got kiln a, in this a full oven kiln below uh, that goes up into the, each of the separate uh, rooms. At Beaumore, they have one fire, one kiln, that goes into two separate rooms. Um, so they're drying it slightly differently. Uh, but also the location of Beaumore uh, is going to give you a slightly less aggressive uh, peat smoke experience because they are, Bomore is on what's called Loch Indal. Loch is a lake, a sea loch. Indal means in delay. And so when the storms are raging out in the open sea, the ships would come into Loch Indal, anchor until the storms had passed, and then they would head out. So it made perfect sense that the first community on Isla was built on Loch Indal, on the shores of Loch Indal. So that was where the town, the village uh, of Beaumore was built. Um, and uh, the first building that was built was a church you had mentioned earlier at the top of the hill, a circular church. And at the bottom of the hill, you needed, you needed the balance. They, they built a distillery, uh, the Beaumore distillery, which was uh, the, uh, the Simpson family um, who had brought it in from the bridge end portion of the island and brought it to Beaumore because to that coast because it was the easiest way to get uh, grain in and to get product off. If you look at all the distilleries on Isla, bar one, Kilcoman, but that's the newest one, that's 12 years old now, all of the other distilleries are built on the sea. Because in the early 1800s, in Auchentoshan as well, uh, the, we're, the waterways were the highways of the day. That was the easiest way to get your grains in and get your product out. So that's why all the distillers are located on the sea. It just happens to be able to then, because it, these whiskies are aging by the sea, produce some really interesting flavors in these locations, these, these brick stone warehouses, of which our next whiskey that we're about to pour uh, dates back to 1779 or more. The oldest licensed uh, warehouse uh, in Scotch warehouse in the world 
uh, is our next whiskey. So uh, Stephanie's coming around. If you, you've got crafts of water on your table, if you need to clean out a glass, please do so, but make it easy for her. She's gonna be coming around with a single bottle. So show her an easy glass to pour into. I'm just gonna pa pass these around because we're all gonna do a little bit of this. All right, so what is this spec sheet that you just passed around here? What is this? They're football chants. Oh my goodness. We're going to we, do we, some we, football shit? Yeah, we're going to do football shit. Okay, okay. And I mean football, the real fucking football. Oh! Yeah. You mean the ball's round. The round, and it, you use your foot. You use your foot. You use your foot. Come on. It goes like this, right? Ready? Here we go. Bubbles of whiskey sweet and strong. Do da, do da. Pour me a glass and it won't last long. Oh, the do da day. The distillery by the sea is the spirit best for me. I'll put my money on the best in town. All praise to the Bloody Oh. <laughs> I think we need more whiskey, actually. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, uh, here we are um, with the 26-year uh, Vintners Trilogy series. Um, this is the Chateau Lagrange uh, Bordeaux cask. This is 13 years in bourbon and an additional 13 years in a Chateau Lagrange Bordeaux cask. Wow. Um, so you'll notice uh, the uh, Morrison Beaumont whiskies uh, have some wine finishes. Well, when Suntory purchased um, uh, the Morrison Beaumont company, they also bought the Chateau Lagrange um, Bordeaux winery. So that's when we look at the wine casks from uh, from these from these uh, from the Auchentoshans and from the Beaumont. It is that winery that these are coming from. Beautiful burnt umber color on the, on on the. And that's coming from the wine cask. You guys are using any caramel coloring in the in the. No, there'll be no caramel coloring on this. So what are you guys getting? As you stick your nose in this glass, twenty-six-year-old jerky barbecue. Paul, what are you getting? Trying to figure it out. It's a bit different. It's a lot of subtle stuff going on. There. A lot yeah, of it's stuff. a different. It's it's a different nose on this from what from a normal Beaumont. Yeah. Natalie, what you got, love? Smoky saltwater taffy. Ooh, nice. That's great. Ooh, I get there's a certain grassiness in here too. I, I like I get like um, seaweed, a green note like a I can smell like that seaweed itself. And so, you brought some peat tonight. Now this is. Is this Isla Pete or is this Highland Pete? This is Isla Pete. So just to get, we're gonna do a little demonstration here. Simon's gonna light up some of this peat and give you an idea of like, this is the smoke got, yeah, that is actually good, going to impart itself into the grain here. So the, now, why do people use peat? Now explain like, what's the history of peat? Like, how come you guys don't use firewood? Cause there's no fucking trees on that's Isla. Right, that's right, that's <laughs> right. It's true. It's a bog. It's it, and if it's not boggy, it's it's rock. It's rocky and boggy. Mm -hmm. So um, so as a result, um, it does not allow any of the any higher vegetation. You know the the kind of the shrubbery and and so the peat on Isla is more bog swamp vegetation. Think about Highland Park. Highland Park is more uh, uh, heather, so it's woodier. It's, it's more kind of twiggy wood. It's, it's a little bit closer to that high, uh, forest campfire, but, uh, but then, uh, but it's, it's more of that acidic 
uh, brush, um, scrub kind of stuff that you burn in the fire. Scrub oak. Um, yeah. And well, this is more like um, seaweed, as you're saying, like more, more, you know, I, like just those creatures of the sea going there, on there. There's also bog, bog cotton and bog myrtle. There's bog myrtle on Isla. Um, so that's going to impact the flavor of the whiskey as well. 15 to 18 hours over, over the peat fires. Now, but here's the difference that you're going to see between Beaumont and Lafroy. At Beaumont, you were talking about the, the kilns and the heat of the fire. Uh, it comes up through the floor, dries the barley. The smoke comes through the floor with the heat, dries the barley, stops it from growing. At Lafroy, instead of that heat of the fire, we let the fires die down and then it smolders and we pack the, the kiln with the peat. So it is more, um, it's more like uh, a barbecue, wow. low and slow. It's what we call cold smoke peat for Lafroy. So we talk about that beach bonfire for Isla, but more, this is more that beach bonfire that night. Lafroy, you wake up the next morning sprawled out on the beach next to the fire. It's probably raining at this point. And, um, You're full so, of regret. You're so full of regret now. But, uh, but it's that cold smoke, Pete. That's Lafroy. Okay. So what do you guys think of this 26-year-old Beaumore? Right? Orange. Okay. Orange, Orange yeah. Well, so that's some Dig of the it? citrus notes of Beaumore coming out. Beaumore is... Yeah, yeah, totally. A little zest on there. Dave, you got something for me? Yeah, like right in the middle, there's like a, like a sesame stick flavor going on. Sesame stick? Yeah, like those little, those little like... Is, it, is, is that a type of cannabis? You've been a Sesame stick, and what else did you say, Dad? They sell them in a bag at Trader Joe's. Ah, okay. <laughs> it's 13 years bourbon, 13 years. There's nothing older than this. Natalie, what's your question, love? My question is, what is the proof on this Bowmore? The proof on this one is at uh, 48.7. Now we're talking. Wow. There's a salinity to this one that none of the other whiskeys have had. There's like that, that saltiness that comes across like salted chocolate, really, really strong. Well, that's the, that's, that's the classic Beaumore, I mean, the sweetness of the Beaumore. Wow, such an amazing whiskey, so complex. Okay, we should sing about this. Yes! <laughs> On top of Old Smokey. All right, here we go. Ready? On top of Old Smokey. And it's Beaumore and Thursday feels like Friday. All right. Amazing stuff. Thank you, Simon. I didn't know it was going to be a night of sing-alongs. This is great. This is the best. <laughs> this is the best. <laughs> so clear a glass for Stephanie. Make it easier on her. She's working hard. 
Yeah, stay hydrated. Please don't pass out in no, the middle no, of the it, whiskey It's side. time for the responsibility portion of the evening. <laughs> so go down to London Bridge on your, your song sheet here. You ready? Okay, you ready? Here we go. Lafroig Scotch drinkers, don't fall down, don't fall down, don't fall down. Lafroig Scotch drinkers, don't fall down. We drink smartly. Okay. <laughs> oh my God, that is awesome. I need. That's a song that we need to have at every bar. Wow. If you can't drink sing smart. that song, then yeah, then you don't you don't get to drive home. So Stephanie's coming around with the Karchus, yes? All right, so this is Karchus. This is Karch, um, Karchus 2018. Uh, this is, uh, yes, it is Lafroy, too. Uh, uh, it is uh, a bottling that we've been doing since 2008. Um, and uh, it's a, a yearly bottling we do for the Isla Festival. Yes, Johnny, there is an Isla Whiskey Festival. <laughs> End of I May, beginning go. of June. Uh, if you want to come, it's a, a great party for the week. If you want more individual attention, do not come that week. Because <laughs> it's just, it's kind of the Mardi Gras. It's a smoky Mardi Gras. Um, but John Campbell, our distillery manager, uh, gets to pick and choose some casks and create uh, the, these bottlings. Uh, and this is where he gets to play around with different styles of wood and different maturations. Um, and so this year's Karchus is six years bourbon and two years in a Fino cask. What's a Fino cask, you may ask? It's a Fino kind of sherry. The, yeah, we got an answer back there. Fino is the youngest of the sherries. Legally, the, 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 sher, uh, uh, the younger sherries is called Anyanda. But uh, technically, legally, that's not being, uh, you're not allowed to actually sell that as a sherry. Uh, but the, the sherry, a fino, what's going to happen with a fino uh, is it's going to set up what's called a floor, which is this, uh, this uh, foam cap over this fortified wine. And so what that does or doesn't do, it doesn't allow a lot of interaction with the wood. And it creates these real nutty, almondy, uh, a dry, sweet, Fruit notes, and that's a yeast process in the barrel, is it? Yeah, not? it's fermentation. It's, yeah, a, it's, it's a fermentation. fermentation in in what we normally think of the barrel as being the source of maturation. When you talk about floor, that's fermentation yeah. in the barrel. So it's fortified wine. But the tradition behind sherry making—that's like the oldest tradition that there is—is is like people in in what is now Iraq essentially using a fortification to be able to preserve their wine, and that is like kind of the oldest form of, of, a, yeah. of a stronger spirit. And, and f they were fortifying it originally because uh, for sea travel because otherwise it was going bad. Yeah. So in order, if they distill it up to a higher strength, it would last, it would last the journey. Uh, and so as a result, oh. um, it also produced some interesting flavors as a result. Um, the, as you get older with the sherries, you start to lose that, that foam, that floor cap, and then you get more interaction with the wood. So I like to compare Fino's more like beer in a barrel, whereas an Oloroso sherry, an Oloroso sherry cask is more like whiskey in a barrel. You're getting more, inter, there's more uh, oxidation, there's more interaction with the wood uh, it, it, with, a, with an Oloroso and a PX versus a Fino. 
Um, the, the, uh, an amontillado is a unique one because that's partial. You get partial floor, so there's partial oxidation and creates this whole other layer of flavors. Uh, but this is uh, uh, straight out uh, Laphroaig, six years bourbon, two years fino. And what does cartridge mean? Uh, it, it means friendship, hospitality. That's right. Our, uh, our distillery manager's grandmother named this one. Oh. Yeah, isn't that lovely? It is lovely. We should sing. Let's sing. First one, top of the top left. You ready? Here we go. Glory, glory, hallelujah. The taste of Freud will never fool ya. It's a garbage can on fire. <laughs> so you live in a dumpster? Don't we all? <laughs> oh my. Don't all right, so here's the toast. I must go down to the sea today, to the lonely sea in the sky, and all I ask is an Isla cask and the friends to drink it dry. Oh. Ah, <laughs> Cheers to you. Cheers. Wow. So tap it over yeah. your tongue slowly, guys. Like, really savor this carcass. What are you getting as you tap this over your tongue? Delicious. Uh, no, for, for Lefroy, especially the carcass, uh, when we were at Lefroy, the, our my favorite of uh, the sayings in the uh, stones uh, was, especially for the vegetarians, there's a statement over there that says, uh, Lefroy, the vegetarians answer to bacon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so if you have a vegetarian friend that you're feeling bad for this holiday season, buy <laughs> him a bottle of Lafroig. Friendsgiving. Uh, Friends of Lafroig, right? There you go. Uh, what else? What are you guys getting on this carcass? Smoked cherries. Smoked cherries. Yes. Uh, yeah, so this one uh, is our, our, our 2018 bottling. So the last two digits of the strength of the whiskey is the year it was bottled. So this is... 51.8. This is uh, 100 and basically 102. Uh, but uh, each year, next year will be at 51.9. The year after that, it'll be 52, 52.1. We're really looking forward to the, the 2030s. Uh, Brilliance. Brilliance. Yeah. It's only going to get better and better. 2090s. <laughs> I don't know if it'll still be whiskey. <laughs> But uh, this is this is a this surprises folks uh, for an eight year old Lafroy at fifty one eight um, the Fino gives it some some legs it gives it some depth some maturity um, it it cuts the smoke uh, this is this is how many people are tasting this for the first time yes and what do you think this is this is like grilled peach. Grilled peach, grilled peach, peach. Oh, peach. grilled peach, hearts of palm. What else? What else? What are you guys getting back there? I'm getting those bacon wrapped dates. Nice. Ooh, yes. Nailing it, Kim. I'll order Nailing those. It. Yes, we'll I have a, we'll have an order of those. Okay. Edwin, if I was going to get a bottle of the Karchus, what's this going to run me um, at the bottle price at my local liquor store? Seventy-five, eighty. Yeah, like eighty, like the low 80s. And then what about the 26 And, and honestly, the carcass, in terms of availability, 
We do a very limited bottling each year, and I've spoken to John Campbell, our distillery manager, about this, that this could easily be a $200 bottle. Once it's gone, it's gone. So, uh, but he wants to make it available for the Laphroaig drinkers to be able to purchase. That's right. So, I mean, it it's just means that when it hits the, the shelves, you need to be prepared to buy it because, and this one has been moving off the shelves really fast. So just keep that in mind. Yeah, whiskey for the people. So you guys make way too much whiskey at Laphroaig to do all the, all the malting there. I know for the, for the Karchus, you generally do a good portion of it at, at Laphroaig. What percentage is that? And, and there's a commitment to continue doing that, right? For the Karchus releases. Uh, absolutely. We do about 20 to 25% uh, of, the, of uh, our barley comes from our floor maltings. Um, Bomore is um, upwards of 50%, um, but uh, we don't have enough, a, a large enough facility to be able to produce all our malt for a global market. Um, but with that said, um, like the Cartus bottling of 2015 was 100% floor malted barley. Um, so there are opportunities, and, um, and I'll tell you an opportunity that came about for us uh, is that um, we, after drying the barley the 15 to 18 hours over the peat fires, we then use force blown air, which is the residual heat from the stills that we, uh, we uh, pipe over and use that to dry the barley down to the 2% moisture content, right? A few months ago, uh, the boilers broke down. Um, so we couldn't distill, but we had set out 14 ton of barley that was growing on the, floor, on the floors. We're not gonna let that go bad, but we don't have the, the steam heat to be able to then dry that barley, we can do the first step of the process, which is the peat fires, but then we still need another heat source to dry the barley another 15 to 18 hours. So we pulled out anthracite coal. Anthracite coal is a smokeless coal that used to be the traditional uh, uh, fuel source for, for the stills as well as for drying the barley. So we use that anthracite coal to dry the barley down to that 2% moisture content and then we were able to store it and then distill with it. Um, and it produced a very different Lafroig spirit. I'm sure. Uh, more hay, grassy notes. And that's uh, this one? That's not this one. This, no, that will be one that's probably a carcass in eight to, eight to 10 years. Oh, okay. But that's just, I mean, we're gonna use everything we can. We are, we are at full capacity these days. Uh, we're making it as fast as we can, but you guys are drinking it faster than we can make it. Uh, so that makes it a, a big challenge. And we are in the process of an expansion at Lafroig. Um, you've the folks at Arbeg are doing it as well. They're reopening Port Allen uh, Distillery. Uh, they have uh, just about to open Ardnahoe. So uh, within the next two years, there'll be uh, ten distilleries on Isla, potentially a, an eleventh distillery. There's one other. Uh, bid that's out there for uh, for another distillery. So it's a big challenge. But uh, as Lafroig is uh, the the biggest the biggest producer for single malts on the island, uh, there's a lot that we have to live up to. But um, uh, we appreciate the support that everybody here, either drinking it or selling it. Um, and no, thank you for continuing to make such an amazing single malt for me. What you got? You got another song for us? Or? I got one. I got, I got one here. This is what uh, you know. What you guys do, and what the society, what, what, uh, and what you do um, with uh, Jackalope and with uh, with Seven Grand, uh, in with the appreciation of Scotch. 
I think, you know, I'm preaching to the choir here. Um, uh, but we're always bringing new people into the fold. Uh, and so much of it is about, about the change, the change that happens. The change that happens uh, uh, from uh, when we germinate the barley, from when we dry the barley over the peat fires, and then grind it down and mash it and make a smoky beer and then distill it and then let it age. There's that transformation that happens. And there's a transformation that happens at the bar when they're with the exchange between the barkeep and, and, and the customer. And then there's that transformation when you bring liquid to lips. Um, and so with that said, I'll offer you this. Oh, my heart is bold as brass. Roll it out like summer grass. Take me back to where I come from. Transformation has begun. Throwing off the clothes of day. Complications fall away. All I am is laid to waste. Transformation takes my place. And you just keep it coming. A feeling I ain't never felt before. The way my heart is drumming. Well, caution just goes flying right out the door. And ain't this really something? We're walking, but our feet don't touch the floor anymore. Standing quiet as a mouse, rhododendrons for my house, water lapping at my feet, transformation is complete. Oh, Salam Javar! Let's give it up for Simon Brooking! Thank you, Simon. Amazing stuff. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you like what you heard, please head over to Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star rating and review. The Spirit Guide Society is a Spirit Adventures production in association with Bitten from the Apple Productions. Special thanks to Tone Mesa for their post-production and audio services. The show is produced by Andrew Apple and me, Pedro Shanahan. Executive producer, Andrew Abrahamson. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Spirit Guide SOC. We'll be there to answer any questions you have, share what we're drinking, and more. And if you're still thirsty, you can always find more episodes of the show wherever you get your podcasts. Be sure to always drink responsibly. That means don't drink to forget, drink to remember.